Jesus's way seemed to be different than popular culture. His way, his way had love at his foundation and that just, well, it changed everything. And for the next four podcasts, we want to ask that question. What is the other way? What is Jesus's way? Especially, we want to ask the question, what does love require of me? When it comes to area of personal growth, uh, of learning to love differently and better, uh, learning about the way of humility or the way through conflict. And so we hope that you'll be challenged and encouraged in this four-part series. We're in a series called The Other Way. Last week, Andreas challenged us a bit. He said, if we're to follow the other way, we're to follow the other way, the way of love, then we need to be asking the question, what does love require of us? That's a tough question. One of the things that love requires of us, one of the other ways, is the way of humility. So today, We're talking about humility. When I think of humility or a humble person, there are certain people or certain kind of personalities, I guess, that come to mind. And I I bet you do the same thing too. And so, in fact, maybe you're doing that right now as I think of humility, you're thinking of a person. But can I ask you to not go there, at least not right now, not this second. Because if you go there, if you're like me, you'll probably conclude, I can never be that way. I, I'm not like that person. That's just not me. That goes against my personality. And, and what I want to do today, I want to challenge all of us, me included, is to move towards this other way of humility. And if we've got that person in our mind, sometimes uh, we just think we've got to be like them. So try to get that person out of your mind for just a few minutes anyway. Interestingly enough, humility comes from the Latin word humilis, not too different, and it means literally low. If you feel humility in front of someone else, you kind of feel lower or smaller in the bigger scheme of things. Good, good example, huh? An example of this is a person maybe who spends her life taking care of others. It, it shows that she considers the other person higher than herself, maybe more important than herself. That's kind of how Webster's defines uh, humility. Inevitably, though, when we're talking about humility, the opposite comes up, pride. (laughs) I'm not sure about you, but I find pride in my life a lot more than humility. Pride, uh, it just kind of creeps in on me too easily. For example, not too long ago, I was biking, and I must have passed two or three people much younger much more fit than I, at least it looked like they were. And I started thinking, you know, I'm, I'm not a bad biker. I'm pretty fast. <laughs> but then a woman passed by me on her bike, but not only would she have a bike, but she was hauling two kids in one of those attached trailers behind her. It was, it was probably Caitlin Goby. She went so fast, I couldn't even see her. You know, and something like that always just kind of puts, at least for me, puts my pride in perspective, right? But... When I think of humility, without hesitation, the first person that comes to my mind is my grandmother. When she was alive, we affectionately called her Big Mama. 
That's right, Big Mom. <laughs> you can see from the picture that we're showing you right now uh, that she's really not big at all. Uh, this is her on the left, uh, my mom as a young girl on the right. My Big Mama was my hero. She's always serving behind the scenes, so much so that people didn't even notice her. You know what? My Big Mama, she was just fine with that. She told me once she felt that God had his hand on me, which I thought was an interesting comment, and I, I wasn't following Jesus at the time. And she said, God's got his hand on you, Kenny. And that one day, she told me, I'm going to be a preacher. <laughs> I just remember, I remember laughing and thinking, there's no way I'll ever be a preacher. Big Mama's crazy. Well, I wonder if Big Mama's in heaven right now having a little laugh as I even talk about this. But my Big Mama was the person that kind of Mr. Webster had in mind when he defined humility as someone who spends her life taking care of others. I don't see myself as a humble person, I admit it. I really want to be one. I would like for you to say, oh, he's very humble. But I also don't see myself as this proud person either. But I do find that pride just kind of creeps up on me, you know. So, so pride creeps up, and I find often humility, pride's opposite. Well, I find humility evasive. It escapes me. Sometimes I try to fake humility. Maybe you've done this too. I don't know. But, you know, when you fake humility, it really is it's just pride. Uh, so, for example, I find that if someone wants to encourage me and compliment something that I've done, I pretend to be humble. Oh, shucks, you know, don't mention it. So I say stuff like that. But, you know, if I'm truly honest, uh, I'm actually longing to hear someone give me a pat on the back and, and, and say nice things to me, you know. Humility doesn't come too easy for me. I don't know. Maybe you can relate. Pride comes easy for most. Humility, mm, not so much. Pride is easy to spot too, right? Maybe it's not even something someone says, but it's just kind of, um, it's the way they carry themselves. You know, you just kind of can tell about it. Or, or maybe uh, it's if they're a sore loser, right? Easy to spot. Maybe it's the humble brag. Have you ever heard of that one, the humble brag? Uh, it's a lot more passive, but I, I find it quite uh, prevalent in our culture. Here's a few examples I loaded up from Twitter. This is the first one. I just did something very selfless, but more importantly, it was genuine. And I know it means a lot to the person in the long run. You know, that's, that's the humble brag. Uh, I'll just give you one more because I find these quite humorous. Uh, it's my personal favorite, and it's actually written by a preacher whose name I won't mention. He says, I'm truly humbled that you followed my tweets. I pray they enrich your life, strengthen your ministry. God bless all 200,000 of you. <laughs> pride. pride comes easily for most. Humility, mm, not so much. Well, we read in the Bible that Jesus talks about humility. He tells this story in which he juxtaposes a religious leader on one side and a Pharisee, uh, who's a Pharisee, and then this tax collector on the other side. And the Pharisee is this religious leader that people think has a lot of pride, you know, and 
But the tax collector, people don't like either. The Jewish people felt like he was kind of on the side of the Roman government and that he cheated people out of their money. So neither one of these people were really like, well, both of them come to pray and Jesus compares their prayers uh, of these two men's life. We find this in the book of Luke and it's in chapter 18. If you want to look it up, Luke is the third book in the New Testament portion of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, all right? So let's look at it. Let's look at these guys. And this is Jesus talking here. He says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus. He said, God, I thank you I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even like this tax collector. While I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all I get. Mm, sounds like the humble brag, doesn't it? But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes up to heaven. But he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. In Jesus' story, the Pharisee, who was arrogant, was literally thanking God that he was more righteous than others. Who does that? That's crazy. And what's the most dangerous thing about pride, you can kind of note at the very start with this guy. You know, he, he comes, we begin to trust in our own abilities instead of trusting God. And then we regard other people with contempt and, and disrespect instead of seeing them kind of on the equal plane, kind of in the image of God. No, we see them as lower than us. If you know, God needs to do nothing for him. He's actually not making any requests from God. He doesn't honor God. This religious man, in his mind, he's done it all. After reading his prayer, maybe we wonder if God should apply to be his assistant. You know, so the other character, the tax collector, he realized that he was a sinner. And he prays. He prays for God's mercy on him. You see, in light of who God was, in light of who God was, he knew where he stood, a sinner in need of mercy. He's aware that the only way he has access to God is through divine mercy. Such access is not earned. It's just a product of God's grace. Listen, listen to what Jesus concludes about this. He says, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, wait a minute. Did I, did I hear you right, Jesus? That at some point in this person's life, a person who's prideful, who likes to talk of herself, who wants all eyes on her, who puffs herself up, she will be brought down? Yeah. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. He doesn't say how or when. He says it's going to happen. She will be brought down. He also says the opposite of the humble person, if you notice. The humble person will be exalted. Clearly, in Jesus' teaching, the tax collector's prayer is the attitude and the example that Jesus is given to us to follow. It's the one of humility. The problem is, the problem is, and we all have this, is that humility just, for most of us at least, doesn't come natural. It's not taught to us. It's not popular in our culture. The other way, the way of Jesus, however, is the way of humility. 
Our culture says one way. Take pride in yourself. You're number one. But the other way, the way of humility, it's, it's not popular. But it is the way of Jesus. The way of humility is the way of Jesus. I want to share something with you that I found helpful. It's a, it's a tool uh, in this area of pride versus humility. Over 20 years ago, speaker Nancy DeMoss gave this talk at a staff conference for Campus Crusade, and she compares the traits of a proud person with the traits of a humble, kind of broken, repentant person. I've kept this for, gosh, over 20 years now. I pull it out every once in a while. Uh, I invite God to use it to remind me of who I am in light of who God is. I've made a copies of an entire list available for you on our website. But right now, I want to highlight just a few of those. And, and maybe one of these will strike a chord with you. Maybe they'll make sense to you. So what she's doing is she's comparing the proud, unrepentant person with the humble and the repentant person. So let's just look at a few of these. The proud person must maintain control. They have to have their way. But the humble person surrenders control. A proud person must prove they are right. And the humble person is willing to yield the right to be right. Mm. The proud person thinks of what they can do for God. We heard that in the Pharisee's prayer. The humble person knows that you have nothing to offer to God. The tax collector's prayer. The proud person is defensive when criticized. The humble person receives criticism with this kind of open-handedness, this open heart, willing to learn. And I just have one last one for you. The proud person has difficulty sharing spiritual needs with others. It's just tough. I don't want to be transparent. Whereas the humble person, transparent with others. You want to be close to God? I know I do. God draws near to those who are humble and meek, lowly in spirit and repentant. These are the words that we see in the New Testament. God draws near to that kind of person. And this brings us to new levels of intimacy with the Father, new levels of, of prayer, new levels of worship, new levels of, of love. We, we have this increased capacity to love, and we begin to see God and, our, and, and ourselves and others through this whole new lens. If you ever wonder why our capacity to love seems to have reached its limit, it could be a direct result of our unwillingness to be humble. It could be a direct result of our unwillingness to be humble. So then, of course, the question is it's always this question that we face as we desire to move closer to God, as we desire to go deeper. How? How? How do I move towards humility? I don't just wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden become humble, right? It just doesn't work that way. Well, it begins with a desire to be like Christ, to walk in the way of love that Andreas talked about, asking that question, what does love require of me? In the New Testament, 
there's the book called Philippians. And, and the guy who wrote this, a guy named Paul, he's writing this to a new group of Jesus followers. He's writing this letter to them. And he's giving them the answer to this question, this how question. How do I move towards humility? So he's giving them the answer. And I want us to listen to his advice. We find this in Philippians 2, starting with verse 3. Listen to his advice. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Some translations say count others better than yourselves. He goes on. He says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Having this mind among you, yourselves, which is yours, in Christ Jesus. There is an entire ministry established around these passages. It's called the I'm Third Ministry or the I'm Third Foundation. At its core is this phrase that comes out of the passage. God first, others second, and I'm third. Joe White, the leader of this ministry, tells a story to kind of illustrate this, a guy named Johnny Ferrier, to, to illustrate this I'm third principle. Uh, and the story goes like this. Johnny was a pilot who made his living performing air stunts at uh, shows all over the United States. Uh, he was also part of this I'm third ministry. He, I mean, he technically could be called a card-carrying I'm third kind of guy, right? Well, one day during one of the shows... Johnny's plane did a complete stall. It stalled out. And then he looks below his plane and it's headed straight for a neighborhood. And there's people there. And while his captain is on the line, on the uh, microphone telling him, eject, eject, get out. Johnny felt like there was no other option but for him to stay in the plane and steer it away from the people. And he knew that he would be sacrificing himself. That day, Johnny chose to be I'm third and put the lives of other people before his own. Instead of bailing, Johnny went down with the plane so that innocent lives could be spared. Yeah, the death of Johnny was tragic and his loved ones grieved, but they also clearly said afterwards they were so proud of the man that God had made Johnny to become. You know, it had been easier. No one would have blamed him for bailing out, for ejecting his plane that day, and he could have returned home safely. But he valued others as more important than his own. Now, you and I probably will never fly a malfunctioning airplane away from a crowd and kind of have this kind of heroic uh, memory of us. That it's just probably not going to happen. But that's not the big idea here. Here's the big idea. The big idea is this, that in humility, he saw others more important than himself. Hmm. How do we walk? How? How do we walk towards the way of humility? We ask God to see through his eyes, to see him first, others second, and then ourselves as third. Don't misunderstand. This is not about becoming a doormat for other people to walk. I mean, look at what Paul says. He says, look 
to your own interests. He says, don't just look at your own interests, but he is saying, look at for your own interests. So it's not about becoming a doormat, but rather it's about following the example of Christ. That's what Paul's talking about. Follow the example of Christ. Well, what is that? Let's look real quickly. This is the example of Christ. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And have and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. There's a lot of theology here. And we're not going to go into all that. Here's what I want you to take away from this. Here's kind of the core idea that I want you to take away as we want to move towards the way of humility. Are you with me? Here it is. As we begin to pray and ask God to let us see Him first and others second and then ourselves as third, then we begin to see and understand who Christ is, what Christ did for us, and it becomes easier and easier to exalt Him, to count others as more important than ourselves, and to see ourselves third. It becomes natural for us. And it's not a false humility. you know. And no one thinks that you're this broken piece of rubbish and, and you have no worth. No, 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 not that. Not that kind of way of thinking about yourself. That's not, that's not the humility we're talking about. Christ saw me, Christ saw you as someone worth dying for. He sees us as precious and beloved and valuable. No, this humility, the humility that is truly able to say, I'm third, is one that sees God, one that truly sees Christ, and we realize who we are in light of who Christ is, who we are in light of who God is. See God as who He is. Get into His presence, and in His presence, we will see ourselves as we really are. And that brings humility in His presence. We see ourselves as we really are. And we fall on the grace and the mercy of God. And it will humble us. It will break us. And it will bless us. The other way is the way of humility. And the first step in this way of humility is to see ourselves in light of who God is. See Him first, others second, and ourselves third. And when we begin to live in honesty with not only God, but with other people around us, we begin to pray like the tax collector prayed. It's not my brothers, not my sisters, not my boss, not my wife, not my husband, not my children, not the leaders of my church, not my pastor, but it's me, O oh Lord. And I'm standing in the need of prayer. It's the other way. It's the way of humility.